1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats, and man, is there a ton to talk about today. We got a great episode coming at you. A lot of trades going down. I got my second baseman tiers from elite to pretty solid to the rest. We did first base last week, second base this week. Top 10 off-season winners, the Dominican Republic World Baseball Classic lineup. Man, there is a ton. Let's get to it.
0: high fly ball
1: deep center field it is gone home run and a
0: huge backflip to celebrate all right ben start the show already
1: man oh man a lot has happened this week alex both in the baseball world and in the football world obviously we established that i am a cowboys fan
0: and how about them cowboys ben yeah (laughs) Yeah,
1: not great. So there's a, you know, a couple, there's a bad thing. The Cowboys losing, they're done. And there's a good thing, which is my birthday is right around the corner. In fact, it's next Tuesday. Yeah, a week from today. We've been doing episodes on Tuesday. So next week will be my birthday episode.
0: So you're just completely ignoring the fact that your Cowboys wet the bed again, got beat out by a rookie who just played his seventh NFL game and owned you guys and you're just like mm, not a big deal i'm okay you went to the game with your dad did i see that
1: uh, no that was okay. that was the last time the cowboys won a playoff game 18 okay. years ago not really it was a few years ago okay but i did not go um and yeah you know we're not a we're not a football show here but saying we got beat out by Brock Purdy i mean we lost the game but i mean dak is not it's a whole different conversation, uh-huh. probably for a different show, to be honest. Yep. But I've been saying for years now, <laughs> I think Dak is a very good quarterback. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl because he's yeah. too inconsistent. But alas, it is my uh, birthday, and that's what we're going to focus on. A week from on. today. A week from today, Okay. my birthday episode.
0: Your golden birthday.
1: Golden birthday.
0: 31
1: on the 31st. 31 on the 31st. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. We're going to do some... For my birthday, we're going to do some pretty cool giveaways on the show. It'll be a blast. But uh, we have a ton to talk about today because every week during the offseason, I keep thinking, all right, this episode turned out really well. There's a lot to talk about. At some point, you're going to think the offseason is going to cool down. No, it wasn't this week. And we're getting close enough to the WBC that I don't think we're going to have many down weeks. But there were a couple trades this week. And we'll start with the one that happened um, a few days ago between the Marlins and the twins, yeah, pretty big one here. Mm-hmm. Luis Arise traded for Pablo Lopez. Uh, there was also a big prospect going from the Marlins to the twins in this deal as well. Um, Salas, who's a stud hitter, but the two main pieces are Pablo Lopez, friend of the podcast, fantastic human being, great pitcher, going from the Marlins to the twins, and in return, the twins are sending the reigning AL batting champion. To the Marlins. So, pretty big deal here. Kind of went a little more under the radar just because this offseason's been so crazy. Yeah. But there's a batting champion involved and a really good pitcher, and they're swapping. So, the trade in the end ends up being Pablo Lopez, Jose Salas, who is the stud, one of the better hitters in the Marlins organization, is now going to the Twins, um, and Byron Churio for Luis Arise. Um, couple things jump off to me here. Yeah. Um, one, the timing is really weird. And the reason I say that is because Luis arise is coming off of a batting title. Yeah. Right? His value is as high as it's going to get. He's not a power guy. It's not like next year we're going to see him hitting 20, 30 home runs. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's a high average guy and he's coming off a batting title. So his value is where it I think the ceiling of where it could be I Mm -hmm. think he's a fantastic player but we're not going to see a huge jump in improvement I mean what what he could hit 10 extra singles next year Um, and Pablo Lopez on the contrary is at the lower end of his value the first half of last year he was fantastic and then struggled a bit in the second half so I believe yeah, he's a, he's a good player. I'm not going to say his value is low because he's a good pitcher. But I think it's higher than it is right now. So for me, the Marlins are making this trade when a, they're trading for a guy at the highest point in his value and trading away a guy at his lowest point and also throwing in a big prospect. I just thought the timing of this was really strange for the Marlins.
0: It is really strange. Also for the Twins, because this is a guy who is kind of a, the heart and soul of your team. You also just made a huge commitment to Carlos Correa. You're, you're trying to build around, which I get why they made the trade because you're getting a little more out of it. But Arias is actually the first player since Rod Carew, who was also traded by the Twins to be dealt in the offseason after winning a batting title. Mm. Just a little fun fact there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, did you hear his interview when he was kind of talking about how he felt about this and, and going and no. moving to Miami? He He was so grateful. And he, he gave so much love to the Twins fans and organization and, and how much he's going to miss them. But he talked about his excitement of playing in Miami and playing with so many other young guys. Yeah. And having a lot of Dominican and, and, and other players and fans around him that already love him and appreciate him. And he said he's just excited he's going to bring the energy. He's hoping to bring wins and he's just going to do anything he can to help elevate this team I love that yeah but really excited
1: in a in a nutshell if you look at this from a surface and don't look at where their value is right now the twins needed pitching and the Marlins needed hitting Mm -hmm. desperately for that reason I like the piece that both teams got right I just think the Marlins gave up a lot to do it now they have a cornucopia of pitching yeah they've if you got will, a
0: great young pitch which is staff.
1: a word i try and fit in whenever possible
0: was that your word of the week
1: that was my no that's just i've always all right I don't know if I explained this to you, but when I was in middle school, we used to have to type papers and get as high a grade. Like, you know, you could see like what grade of writing you're writing at. And I was always throwing cornucopia because I thought it would boost up my (laughs) writing. That was your your smart word. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the Marlins are not short on pitching by any means. They're fantastic. They needed hitting and they went out and they got that. Uh, The twins needed pitching and they have a lineup that is full of absolute studs byron buxton carlos correa jorge polanco is great max kepler they just added joey gallo who i put in the same this might not be the best comparison here and i haven't talked about this out loud it just came to me but i'm gonna put him in a similar boat to, like, the Cubs getting a Cody Bellinger. Obviously, Joey okay. Gallo has never been what Cody Bellinger was in his MVP years. But he's – obviously, potential. the talent is there. And the potential yeah. is there to hit 40 home runs a year. But he was not that last year.
0: Yeah. What what Gallo are you going to get, right. basically? So, what
1: Gallo are you going to get? Okay. Um, so, the lineup's good. They just need pitching. They got it. So, um, for that reason, I would grade the Twins as a as – The higher as the winner here. If if there was a winner of the trade, yeah, I would I would grade the Twins a little higher.
0: They're they're pretty equal here. I'd say they're both in the B level. Maybe Twins B plus, Marlins B minus because they didn't get as much. But you are getting a big, a big energy player, big bat, bat like reigning batting title like champion. Like there's just it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: So it's pretty. I feel like our grades are close. I did grade I officially graded oh, this trade. Okay. And um, we'll start with the twins because uh, we'll start with, yeah, we'll start with the Marlins. All right. we'll start with the Marlins. Um, Marlins get a batter, batting champion. We know he's good. He's not going to hit for a ton of power, which is, I don't want to say a concern because he'll get on base a ton. For me, the Marlins are a C-plus. Not because Luis Rise is a C-plus player, because I feel like they gave up a lot to get him. Pablo Lopez at the lower end of his of what his value can be. And Salas is a is a stud organizational piece that I think who knows could hit at the big league level really well. So Marlon C plus, they needed a bat. They got a bat, gave up a lot to do it. Twins, on the other end, I have at a B plus get Pablo Lopez and gave up Luisa Rice to do it, but they also get the top prospect. Um, so I I really like what they did and in a nutshell, they needed pitching. They got it. They got a good one, and they got some good pieces as well. So I grade the Twins a little bit higher um, for for what they did here.
0: Yeah, we, we were close. A B plus, B minus. Yeah,
1: very close. Yeah, On, you know the Ben scale is always a tad uh, tad off uh, from the Alex scale.
0: Uh huh. You you're a little more. Uh, I don't know. Mm, no, because you were a little more negative. I was a little more positive here. Yeah, which was opposite. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, another trade happened. Today, today, literally like an hour before earlier the before, show. We, before we started filming this yeah. Um Adalberto Mondesi is going to the Red Sox in a trade between the Royals and the Red Sox. Um, I don't want to say this. Like, this is kind of I like it yeah. for the Red Sox. Let me explain why they needed it. Now, they're obviously. Yeah, the Red Sox needed to do something. And is a guy. Is this the trade? The something? Probably not, because he's not going to play. 162 games. He's probably not even going to play 100 games from what, if we're going based off of his past. But Mondesi is one of the most toolsy players yeah. that exists in Major League Baseball. He is one of the fastest guys in baseball. He has shown that he can hit for a little more power than you would think. Uh, He can play a good defense. He has a good arm. This tweet from Travis Lee says, The price for Adalberto Mondesi was surprisingly low for the Red Sox. He's only 27. Power slash speed upside. Just can't stay on the field. He matches well with Justin Turner. Probably get 162 between the two this year. That's an interesting way to put it. Between him and Justin Turner. So I, I do still believe... We're going to see Kike Hernandez mostly at shortstop. I don't think this is an everyday player you'd like him to be. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, the Royals tried to do this as well, where we know he's not going to play 162. Let's just give him built-in off days. Let's play him three times a week and sit him the other games of the week. They tried that. This trade to me screams the Royals have given up on their project and are passing him on to somebody else. And it is a project.
0: It is. I mean, the most important thing for Montessi is can he stay healthy? You know, he's coming off a torn ACL. So he's lining up to be ready, like to come back right around spring training. But when he is healthy, he led the majors in triples in 2019 and stolen bases in 2020, but then obviously ended a season in April last year, 2022 with the torn ACL. So You're never totally 100% right when you come back from a knee injury. So that's going to be another thing, and he's speed. But the other positive thing here is with the rule changes this season, shifting and things like that, this is going to be helpful for a guy with speed and who led the league in stolen bases one year.
1: Yeah, so I I think what – yeah, exactly. He did lead the league in stolen bases one year, and I think one thing that I want to try and drive home here is the player – that the Red Sox could potentially be getting because you hear this trade and a lot of people are just like, well, who cares? Like this isn't, he's not going to be our everyday starting shortstop. So why should we be happy about this? Well, the player you could be getting in Adalberto Mondesi was at his best in the years 2018, 2019, and that shortened 2020 season. In those three seasons, back to back to back, he stole 32. 43 and 24 bases in that 60 game season leading major league baseball he did hit 14 home runs in 2018 so power can be there this guy is off the charts talented he is a project the red sox are taking on that project but the price was low to pay so if he can come back and be healthy Um, I I love this move for the Red Sox. Whether it works out perfectly or not, you didn't give up a ton to do it, and you have high upside, very high upside in this.
0: And you have options. And again, if he can stay healthy, because he's only played – in over a hundred games One. once in his seven-year career. And the, other,
1: and the next closest isn't close. Not at all. 75 yeah. games is the next closest to a hundred, which so, isn't good. No, th-
0: that's bad. But <laughs> if he's not your everyday and you're not counting on him to be your everyday, he's a great utility guy. He- he's great to put on base, like uh, pinch it. There- there's so many other things you can use him for Yep. where he's not an everyday on the field yeah. player.
1: Um, so the Red Sox have gone from having an offseason that we were very, very, very critical of, rightfully so, with how yeah. the handling of Xander Bogarts. But to their credit, they ended up getting Devers done, which maybe they got bullied into by the fan base. <laughs> and now they make a trade for a high upside guy like Mondesi. Alas, I do not think they will be on my next list, Alex, which is the top 10 offseasons in Major League Baseball this offseason. season. Does that make sense? Top 10 off seasons. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. This off season.
0: Top 10 teams who had the best off season. Yeah. Which I like how we started with five and we bumped it up to 10. Well,
1: that's, I was looking, <laughs> I was <laughs> you looking couldn't, through because I wanted to do my top five off seasons, yeah. right? And then I start looking through it and it's like, there are legitimately some more that should be involved here. Yeah. Right. There, there, I, I got to seven or eight that probably okay. needed to all be in a conversation. So yeah. I was like, you know what? We're going to do 10. Okay. So my top Ten offseason winners this year. Yeah. First up, the well, tenth up. I, well, starting at number
0: ten. Wait, first up, tenth up.
1: <laughs> starting with the number ten winner this offseason, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Um, this one is fairly simple. Mm-hmm. They they were very quiet, but they ended up getting Sean Murphy, and Sean Murphy is one of the best bright young catchers in the game of baseball. He can do it all. Um, he's going to hit, he's going to play great defense. So that addition to me was huge. Um, they did make an interesting decision by not even really going after Dansby, I think saying that they believe in Von Grissom as, as, their shortstop of the future, but for me, they're here at number ten because they need they they got Sean Murphy, which is huge.
0: But that's also the Braves' style is like they lock it. They lock in the younger guys. We've talked about this almost every week. Yeah, it's it's unique, but it's their way. It's the Braves' way.
1: It is the Braves' way. Yeah. Uh, so they got that done. They're here at ten. Let's move on to number nine. At number nine, I have the Texas Rangers. Ooh. The Texas Rangers got Jacob deGrom yeah. and that's a I mean, let's be honest. That's a huge reason they're here But they, they didn't just do that. They to be honest. They totally revamped their pitching rotation. They get Degrom. They got Andrew Heaney. They get Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi they get they re-sign or extend Martin Perez, which was huge So look I'm gonna be honest The Rangers last year were at the top of my offseason winners because they spent half a billion dollars on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon up the middle as their middle infielders. This year, they're back in my top 10 because they totally revamped their pitching staff and they get the they get Jacob deGrom, who could be the best pitcher when healthy. Unhealthy. healthy in healthy. baseball. So I love what they've done. They deserve credit. We we give a lot of flack to teams like the Pirates and the Rockies for not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's fun for people to say, well, the Rangers aren't gonna be great. Why are they going after people? No, no, no. They deserve a ton of credit. They're going for it. Will they win the World Series? I don't know. Probably not. But they will be a competitive team and they have totally revamped their pitching staff this offseason after solidifying their middle infield last offseason.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of big names. And like we keep talking about, they're not afraid to spend money, which is what you want to see from owners and these franchises. So that's a big positive. Now, the only thing is like, are we going to see results? That that's the biggest well, question. Yeah. yeah, can we see results with and this?
1: And they're in it. Are they better than the Houston Astros in the no. AL West? No, but could they some make some players are? Could they make? <laughs> could they make the playoffs
0: individually? Uh, yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. They could. Okay. Are they? I, I'm not uh, going to say they're going to, but right. they they are. They will be in contention. They'll they'll be a good team. They'll be a good team. Uh, at number eight on my list of top off seasons, the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa. Yeah. That automatically gets you on the list. He's yep. he's a stud. And they sign him to his long-term deal after oh boy. Everything <laughs> the that craziest,
0: happened. Craziest. Yeah. The craziest month of agreeing, contracts, yes, no. Like, that was wild.
1: Um, I'm a big MLB The Show guy, the video game, and yep. it's right around the time that the the cover is going to come out, so everybody's talking about who's going to be on the cover. Yeah. And I saw one recently that had Carlos Correa in a Giants, Mets, and Twins <laughs> uniform just, <laughs> just as, like three. As, the, as the whole cover. <laughs> oh, that's um, so they signed Correa. They get Christian Vasquez as a good catching piece, and Joey Gallo, as we talked about a yep. little while ago. What, what are you going to get from him? Who knows, but high upside there. So I like what the Twins have done. Um, they're at eight moving on to number seven, the San Diego Padres, uh, Xander Bogarts. She, what you look like you're going to have something to say here.
0: I, that seems low. Like I, I, I have them in my top five. I made a top right. five cause I thought we were doing five and I had them <laughs> in the, I had them in the top five. Yeah. I
1: No, I mean, look, I, why? So- well, so I think this is an important okay. – I, I should have clarified this beforehand. Okay. There, There's an important part to this list that I need to clarify, okay. which is I went – and I, I really like what the Padres have done this offseason, but there are some names on this list that pe- people might be su- surprised about. Yeah. I went based off of how much better did the team get? right and Mm -hmm. I think the Padres got a lot better because they added Xander Bogarts and this will make a lot more sense with some of the other names that I have that I'm about to list in my top six coming up but it's not just okay what players did you add it's how much better did the team get and the Padres adding Xander Bogarts obviously get better that's why they're in That look you said top five I have them at seven it's not that crazy Uh I to like, see
0: what teams you have above. Them I now. like Xander
1: Bogarts, uh, Suarez. They add Lugo. They add Carpenter and Cruz. Might platoon. So,
0: but but Nelson Cruz is a leadership bring in to help elevate and kind of be that role model for their younger superstars. I, I think they did an it. incredible job. I They've love all star lineup.
1: I, yeah, but they had a like they have a they had a great lineup and they made and, yeah, it even better. Yeah, I agree. Okay, but that's like uh, uh, this will make show sense. Me wh- show this'll me what. Show me what you're working later. with. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: They're at seven. They did great. Don't let Alex slander my <laughs> list here. They they did well, and that's what why they're for. at number seven. Uh, at number six, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. And this is where I I I try and start to make sense of my list. Are the Cubs better than the Padres? No, but Man, did they improve this offseason, and do they deserve a ton of credit for what they have done? I've given them a lot of flack for what they did with their core um, of Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, and they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done and really totally transforming their team, adding Bellinger in center field, adding Dansby Swanson. Adding Jamison tie-on, so you'll have him in a rotation with Stroman. Adding Drew Smiley, who can be a rotation piece, get you some innings. Um, so now you're looking at a team that is starting to take shape, right? Last year with the Cubs, it was, what are the Cubs? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? They get rid of their core, and what are they doing? Okay, then, you, then they don't trade away Contreras, and then they just lose them in free agency. Now we're starting to see this team take shape. Dansby Swanson will be a part of the future. They have a middle, they have an up the middle that's great. Nico Horner, Cody Bellinger. They get Tucker Barnhart at a catcher position. So, they add Trey Mancini. They add Eric Hosmer. I just felt like I needed to throw the name in because they <laughs> did add him, but it's not the biggest move in the world. Look, I love what the Cubs have done. Great offseason, great additions. Good for them for going for it. They're at number six.
0: I also had them in my top five. Oh, great! Yeah, okay. no, I like these last two. I bumped up. I mean, you you just named everybody, but like five new guys to their like lineup is insane. They basically yeah. like revamped their yep. the core of their team.
1: So we're now to my top five, and I believe okay. my number five team you will not have had in your top five. That's my guess because I you now two teams yeah have you, uh,
0: the Angels really love it love and it and that's why you're rocking the angel show well, one of the reasons Well, we're going to talk show. a little we more are. about we the angels in a minute but um, um i
1: like what they have done and we have a lot to talk about that just came up with the ownership that uh, doesn't that i'm not saying that the ownership is the reason they're having a top five off season i like what the, they've done and the reason that we're not talking about it more is because the Angels have been the Angels of the last few years. And, oh, well, they're just going to – somebody's going to get hurt, and they're not going to be great, and they're not going to have the pitching. Well, guess what? You start looking at this team on a surface that you'll start with Mike Trout, and you'll start with Shohei Otani, and then you look around, and Anthony Rendon is there, and there's obviously a core of an elite team. But they needed a lot of help. And this offseason, they go out and add Tyler Anderson – from the Dodgers, who was fantastic last year. Mm -hmm. You had Brandon Drury, who is a very underrated good piece. You had Hunter Renfro, who is a stud. You had Gio Urshela. Then you start looking at this lineup, and it's not going to be Trout, Otani, Rendon, and then fall off a cliff, and it's the rest of the lineup. It's going to be Trout, Otani, Rendon, Brandon Drury, Hunter Renfro, Gio Urshela, uh, Jared Walsh. You've got some studs now. You've got a really good lineup. This team has vastly improved from what they were, and we just aren't talking about them because we just don't believe that the Angels are going to do right by Otani and and Trout. But they're trying, and they have vastly improved. I will give them a lot of credit for what they have done. Tyler Anderson is a great addition on the pitching side. Good offseason.
0: You know the Angels are very near and dear to my heart. I do. And for the last better part of a decade, this has kind of been the hopeful feeling we have going into every season. They're going to be great. They added good pieces. They added arms. They added more depth to the lineup. Now we just need to see results. We have to see results. So I, I am hopeful. Well, we'll dive deeper into this a little later in the show, but I, yeah. I'm always hopeful i want them to win so badly
1: for that reason you just mentioned is why i think a lot of people are just glossing over their offseason yeah. because oh there's always hope but that doesn't mean the offseason that they've had doesn't deserve credit that i believe it deserves. all right they've done well yep. they've added a good pitcher they've added good offense so the lineup won't be very 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 top heavy and then fall off a cliff it will be a good lineup they've added a good pitcher They deserve credit for the offseason that the Angels have had. Okay. And we'll talk more about that in a second, and I will let you go.
0: Yeah, I won't won't talk down on this because I'm always hopeful for my Angels. Yes.
1: Um, At number four, the New York Yankees. Yep. Again, I feel like it's important to note here that this list is very – how much did the team improve, right? Mm -hmm. Because you look at it on the surface and you say, how aren't the Yankees at the tippity top? You add – the best hitter on the market, and you add a pitcher that was one of the top three pitchers on the market. Well, to me, the big addition was Carlos Rodon, and to me, Aaron Judge was a must. That was a must. You had to do what you had to do. They got him though, right? You got the top hitter on the market. You add Carlos Rodon, automatically you have a top off-season. But how much better did the offense get? Not at all. This is the same offense. And, you know, a few pieces will be different. You'll have Peraza and Cabrera playing in more of a full year. And hopefully we see Volpe at some point. But after the addition of Aaron Judge, because that was huge. Mm-hmm. He obviously was the MVP. But you look at what this offseason is, and it's the same. You look at the offense. It's the same offense that got swept by the Houston Astros and the ALCS. Where did they improve that much on off- offense? They, they did they didn't do uh, much other than add Aaron Judge, which they probably can't because they gave him a, a ton of money. But I do love Carlos Rodon. You know how high I am on oh, Rodon. Yeah. I am a big, big, big Carlos Rodon fan, and pairing him with Gary Cole at the top of that rotation is dangerous. So the team did get better. Mm-hmm. The offense didn't get much better, in my opinion. They have had the top four off offseason.
0: I have him at number two. Okay. But I, it's how, how can you not when you – Again, he was already on the team, but you locked in Aaron Judge, the number one top free agent, reigning MVP that was on the market, and there were conversations that he might have gone somewhere else. He was flirting with it. So the fact that you brought him in, he's your captain, he is everything and more that this team needs, they got to be a top two.
1: But I think they do need that and more. He's everything the team needs, and they need more. They need an offense. They need – I'm just used not used to anymore. The Yankees of old would have gone out and gotten one of the four major shortstops on the market. Yeah, they would have. And they would have added a bat to that lineup that didn't show up against the Astros. The Astros superior pitching in the playoffs. So I, I was a little disappointed there. I hope Anthony Volpe can come up and be a stud because it looks like he's going to be, but we don't know that yet. And I, we don't know if he's going to, when he's going to be on the team. So good offseason for the Yankees. I don't want to deter from that. Adding Aaron judge back adding Carlos Rodon was a must. They did that. Good for them. They're here at number four for me. Um, where are we? Three. Number three at number three, the Houston Astros lose Justin. Yeah. Lose the Cy young guy. Still a dominant rotation, which will now be led by Framber Valdez. But the additions one Yuli Gurriel gone mm-hmm. from first base. Jose Abreu in. And what a stud Jose Abreu still is. Throughout his career, he has been one of the more underrated players in the game of baseball. The guy wins an MVP, for God's sakes, and that's even underrated because it was in the COVID year. So we don't talk about it as we do the the other MVPs. He's an MVP winner. He's still a stud. He did great last year. The power numbers are a little lower, but still on the – in a top tier of first baseman. I just did my first baseman tiers, and he was in that almost elite And I category. said he should
0: have been in elite. Yes, you did. Uh-huh. So
1: he's still a stud. This is a massive upgrade for the Astros at the first base position. They also signed Michael Brantley, who Uncle Mike will hit until he is 80. Yeah. He just will. <laughs> he's a stud. And they didn't have him in the playoffs. They didn't have him for the majority of the year. They signed him to a contract. They get Rafael Montero back to the best bullpen in baseball last year. Uh, the Astros are still going to be... Right now, they're the favorites. They have to be. They're they're dominant. They have a rotation led by Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, and they'll have Lance McCullers. They'll have Luis Garcia. It's going to be great. And the addition of Jose Abreu and Michael Brantley... Is just exactly what that team needed.
0: That, they're the reigning champs.
1: Where'd you have them?
0: I didn't have them
1: Whoa! in my top five.
0: I did not have them in my top Noted five. No,
1: Dodgers fan doesn't have the Houston Astros uh, in her top five. I am colorily well shocked.
0: They are they are the reigning champs. They are great, okay? They have all the pieces. They, they filled some voids. I didn't think it was like, wow, groundbreaking offseason. They were already great.
1: Yeah, I yeah. They were already great, and they got yeah. better at positions.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yep. Number two, the Philadelphia Phillies. Yep. Ah, uh, Trey Turner is gonna fit into that lineup like butter. What's a good an- butter? Like <laughs> butter. Trey Turner will be incredible in this lineup. He is incredible, and the reason. And they did other things that I feel like are good. And we can even start with those. They add guys like Taiwan Walker to a rotation that needed another piece. Add Matt Strom, add Craig Kimbrell. But the big reason they are here is because they were a World Series team that had a very clear hole. And that hole was in the middle infield. and adding Trey Turner who I just I can't speak highly enough about is he's an absolute stud. He does it all at a premium position. He's fast, he hits for high average, he hits for high power. He steals a ton of bases. It's the perfect piece for them. They added the perfect piece. And for that reason I have them at number 2.
0: Yeah, they were they were top top 3 for me, but I think the most important thing too not only having Trey Turner, once Bryce Harper is back and healthy, but also filling that void and having that power bat in the lineup the first half of the season when he's not there, I think yeah. is going to be huge too.
1: Yeah. And I think I think people don't, like you, you say Trey Turner is a power bat. I don't think people understand the power that he does have. I think when you think Trey Turner, people think really fast, stealing bases, and can hit for power. He legitimately does it all. Yeah, He will hit for Good power numbers, and he will do the rest as well. So a perfect addition. And then you just pair him to a lineup that, oh, my God, has Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, JT Realmuto, Bryce Harper. They were just in back, the World Series. Nick Castellanos. It's insane. They were just in the, the World Phillies Series, are, the and Phillies he just got so better. Good. The Phillies are so good. They're and fun. the NL East is going to be so good. I've had the Braves on this list now Yeah. For the best offseason. The Phillies on this list, and let's move on. To my number one team. The number one off-season winner, the New York Mets. How can you not? And, look, yes, they added Justin, who is coming off a Cy Young season. In fact, might I add, coming off of back-to-back Cy Young seasons for him, because he didn't pitch for a little while. The last two seasons he's pitched, he's won a Cy Young award. The Mets add him. They add... Kodai Senga from Japan, who is a prized pitching acquisition to get this offseason for anybody. The Mets get him. They get Jose Quintana, who had a sub-three ERA last year. Listen to what I'm saying. You lose Jacob deGrom, you add Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana to a rotation with already Max Scherzer. It's insanity. The rotation has vastly improved. Brandon Nimmo added him, Adovino, Robertson, Edwin Diaz in the bullpen, and then Tommy Pham, who will be a fourth outfielder. It's insane how much they improved this offseason. And I'm interested because you've talked about what you had as a top five. Where did the Mets come in?
0: Oh, they were number one. Yeah. You you have to. When you see it, the Mets are what the Yankees used to be going out and just spending the money to get whatever they need and doing whatever it takes to get there. I mean, you got uncle Steve. He's not afraid to spend money. He's richest owner in the league and he wants to win. So it's going to be really exciting.
1: I think there's an interesting thing to be said here. Of you, you mentioned that the, the Mets are like what the Yankees of the past were. Yeah. The Mets were at the very top, top three in last year's top off seasons. Yeah. Right. And now they're number one this is what Mets fans can expect going forward. As long as Steve Cohen is owning this team who grew up a lifelong Mets fan, and now he's the richest owner in baseball and yeah. owns the team. They're going to continue to be on this list one way or another. I'm not going to say they're going to be number one every off season, though. If they get Shohei Otani next off season, they'll be number one, yep. but they will be in play for him. And if they don't get him, all that Shohei Otani money is going elsewhere. They will do something. And yep. Steve Cohen has done more than enough to prove that to everybody, every fan of baseball, and every Mets fan, that every year going forward, expect the New York Mets on the list of top offseason winners. And that's a pretty cool feeling to have as a fan. Oh, yeah. Um, Shohei Otani would make them number one next year. But as of right now, he's on the Los Angeles Angels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... We have some news to talk about, Alex, and I'm excited for you to weigh in here as a member of the angels organization for a decade, which is wild to say I know a decade. Um, But we've talked a good bit about what direction this organization is going in. And that starts with Artie Moreno saying he's selling the team and the search for new ownership and what that meant for Shohei Otani's future and what the new owner would bring to the table. Well, As we're recording this on on Tuesday, literally Monday, I think it was. Yep, yesterday. Yesterday, Artie Moreno announces that he is no longer selling the team and the ownership will continue through 2023 and beyond. Um, I'm going to let you go first here.
0: The Angels are still in a very interesting situation right now because there was a lot of mixed feelings from fans Broadcast team, players around the league, the feeling of Artie selling the team, all right? Personally, I am a huge Artie Moreno fan. He is such a people person. He is out there. He loves the game of baseball. He loves his fans. He loves this Angels organization. However, something needs to change. They cannot keep doing the same thing that they have done, especially just over the last 11 years of the Trout era, who has been to one playoff series, and got swept. You have Shohei Otani. The last five years, obviously, they haven't made it to the postseason. You have two of the best players in baseball. It is unacceptable to not be in at least contention towards the end of the season, the last month at least, fighting for a playoff spot. Something needs to change. I don't know what it is. I, I took a <laughs> I took a poll with Angel fans last night because – Good chunk, good bloodbath. Good chunk of my following are Angels fans. And I asked Angels fans, how are we feeling about this? And the two questions were we're happy and hopeful, or we're frustrated. 84% came back frustrated. This is, I think, 7,000 votes came in for this. 16% were happy and hopeful. It's tough. Again, I'm happy for my former colleagues, my broadcast partners, because, you know, there's always fear with new ownership. So I know everyone there is happy. Um, I know, (laughs) I I don't know how the players feel about this. I'd be curious to get like an inside just from like a trout or an Otani. And then my biggest question is, does already maintaining ownership of the team hurt or help Otani's chances to sign long-term with the Angels? That's the biggest question.
1: Let me tell you why I think so many people, the 84% voted frustrated. Frustrated. It's because the status quo over the last decade with the greatest player on the planet. Mike Trout. The status quo is unacceptable. Yeah. The way this organization has been going since Mike Trout became an Angel is, is unacceptable. Yeah. And you have the greatest player in baseball and one of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. And then you have one of the greatest talents we have ever seen. And also one of the greatest players ever. And Shohei Otani work out better than you could have ever imagined. And you have him and you pair him with Mike Trout. And to not win with this team is unacceptable. Yeah, And what, what has shown us... That the status quo is going to change as long as Artie Moreno is owning this team, nothing. Why should we believe something is going to change just because he's decided not to sell? What is going to change? We need to. We need answers. And obviously, yeah. he owns the team, and we he we're not gonna get those answers unless it's by by showing us. But he's not gonna go in front of the public and speak. He's not gonna do it.
0: He, well, he's also not a big public speaker. Like, he he just doesn't do that often. He will when a player signs with a team. That's kind of all you're going to get. But.
1: So answers are needed then. And it, the answers are going to be gotten. Is it more from- of a
0: hands-off approach? Again, we're not in the front office. We don't know how hands-on he is. But I know he had a hand in some of those pretty big failure signings of the past. I wouldn't say failure, but they didn't pan out the way they thought they would. A lot of money to guys who, you know weren't at the peak of their career. But the number one thing this season and every season with the angels is, can they stay healthy? Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon can both stay healthy. Then you have Shohei Otani. They just bolstered their starting rotation and their pitching staff is, it's good. When you look, when you look top to bottom, it's not great. Better. It's better. They definitely, they need some more key pieces. That would be great. Um, That's always been their weakness. Too. You have Shohei Otani, who was leading the team in every single stat last season at one point for pitching and hitting, which is insane. So I, <laughs> whew, this team, I, this I, team,
1: I'm just tired of this team with with two of the greatest players of all time, us having to say before the year starts. If this team can stay fully healthy, they could be good. I'm tired of the team being in that position. You know what we're not saying about the Houston Astros? Well, if they can stay fully healthy, they'll be great. No, they will be great. Guess what? They lost Michael Brantley last year and won the World Series. Like, why are the Angels always, well, if they can stay healthy, they might be good. Put the team in a position to win around Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, whereas yeah. if you lose one piece, it's not the end of the world and the whole season's over. The team needs to be better. The rotation needs to be better. The offense has gotten better, but you you got to change the status quo that has been in existence for a long time there with the Angels. And I'm, I'm frustrated and fired up about this. Because as a fan of the game of baseball, Mike Trout deserves better than playing in three playoff games in his career. And
0: getting swept.
1: And Shohei Otani deserves better than never having played in the playoffs. Yep. So the status quo that we have learned from Artie Moreno and the the front office of the Angels is what needs to change. And it's become frustrating seeing it. So I'm tired of, of, of what we've seen you need, to, you need to show change. And and if you don't, guess what? And this is our, our next conversation we can have, is Shohei's going to be out the door. But the status quo has needed to change. And t- to me, Artie Moreno has been almost scared of the luxury tax. It's like, okay, I'll spend big money on, on getting players in. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're at where I'm going to have to pay extra? Nope, this is our team. We're sticking with it. Go play. What? Who cares? You're you're a billionaire. We see what we see what Steve Cohen is doing. Like it just has seemed like Artie Moreno has used that luxury tax as an excuse to stop the team where they are and say go play. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope that changes. And I hope the Angels become very competitive this year.
0: I think they have the first half of the season to prove to Shohei Otani that. We're willing to do whatever it takes to keep you here and build a winning team around you. Because if he becomes a free agent, what are the odds you're going to be able to outbid all these other teams? If you know you're not going to be able to keep them, is there a trade opportunity there where you completely rebuild your franchise and everything that you can get from Shohei Otani? There's so many question marks and just possibilities that could happen. But those first three months are going to be so crucial For the Angels,
1: one thing we do know is yes, these for the pre-trade deadline. Yeah, is make or break for this team. Yeah, and and you got to win, or else the the talent that is Shohei. He deserves to win. Which might I add, if Shohei goes, a big chunk of the fan base goes. A big chunk of the fans that show (gasps) up only to watch Shohei pitch goes. This is more than the player on the field that we know as Shohei. There's a lot to this.
0: You're losing an entire country fan base and majority of your sponsors. If you look all around (laughs) Angel Stadium, it's all Japanese sponsorships because he is their biggest, what would you say, like selling product of the team? Everything about him and the fans that he brings with them. He is a brand. He brings a whole, it's insane to think about. Like wherever he ends up, and again, I, I hope it's the best and the Angels can figure it out and they make it work. But wherever he goes, whatever team is willing to pay this man whatever he wants, and I think he might be that first $500 million athlete, you're not only getting Shohei Otani, you are getting an entire country worth of fans who are going to buy all of his merchandise, anything that says Otani on it, and you're going to get all the sponsorships that come along with it. Yeah.
1: Speaking speaking of insane and, yeah. and how much he is worth, it is insane how much Shohei Otani is going to get paid. How much do you pay a guy that is an all-star pitcher, an all-star hitter, one of the greatest talents that we have ever seen, puts butts in seats that would never go to a baseball (laughs) game, gets eyeballs on the game of baseball and on your team that that have never been interested in the game of baseball, brings an entire nation along with him to root for him and to watch him and makes your team exponentially better and is an MVP player and is the epitome of an MVP player. What do you pay that player?
0: Just roll up that Brinks truck and give him whatever he wants. It's half a billion dollars. But it is. It's $500 million. Plus. Yeah.
1: And there are teams that are willing to do that.
0: And it's worth it. You're going to get that back, as we just mentioned, with the entire country and fan base that oh, he yeah. brings along with him, the sponsorships that come with him. It is an insanely smart investment. The the return on this investment, besides the product you're getting on the field, is mind-blowing.
1: Yeah. Shohei Ohtani will be the first half a billion player in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. No doubt about that, in in my opinion. And there are teams that are going to be willing to do it. So one important thing here is you mentioned how important the first three months of for the Angels. Yeah. And people are saying, well, you know what Artie Moreno could do to make this all great right now and make a big splash is extend Shohei. If I'm Shohei, no, I ain't signing that. No, prove to me we're gonna win. Yep. And anyway, even if I don't sign it, if I hit free agency, I'm gonna make more money than anybody has ever made on a baseball field. Yeah. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be insane. But a lot going on with the Angels. One, the ownership, but two, the reason the ownership is so important (laughs) is because there's never been more of a time to get it right. Yeah, and, it, and the time is literally right now. Right now. Like you don't have a year. Last year we were talking about this and it's like you have a year and a half to get it right with Shohei. No. Now you have a half a season.
0: You yeah, you have 3 months. Yeah. One 3 months of the regular season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um all right. So, last week Alex, I did yeah. my my first base tiers. Ooh. And this week we're moving on to second base. So, second base is such a tough position as we will see. But probably one of the more tough positions on the field to rank a bunch of guys and yeah. put them in tiers. But um, I did it. Second base tiers time. I'm excited to see where you have uh, where you have strong opinions one way or another. Yep. But um, let's start with the elite second baseman in the game of baseball. I have two players, two in the elite category: Jose Altuve mm-hmm. and Marcus Simeon. Altuve has been the best second baseman in the game of baseball for a decade now. And Marcus Simeon has shown in the last few years how good. By the way, Marcus Simeon last year started off on that horrendous pace. Could not hit. Couldn't hit a home run a year after hitting 40 plus and finishing second and third in the MVP race. But he ended up turning it on had a really solid year, and the power numbers, and he ended up with 26 homers, 83 RBIs, and hit 248. So not the that's not the year that puts him in the elite category. It's the last couple of years where he has emerged as an MVP candidate in every year. So Jose Altuve and Marcus Simeon are my two elite second basemen.
0: I'm not harsh on this one. I also, agree.
1: Also of note, I think yeah. that's important is this is di- – if Marcus Simeon played shortstop, for example, yeah. like the second base category is much tougher. Yeah. You know? So there's gonna be players in the almost elite category that probably wouldn't be almost elite in in short. Like this is a tough second base is tough. So
0: I'm excited. I'm excited for shortstop though.
1: So elite second baseman, yep. Jose Altuve and Marcus Simeon. Almost elite second baseman, which is the next category. Yep. There's also only two. And those two are Ozzie Albies Mm -hmm. and Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil coming off of a batting title. Which, if I had to guess, knowing Alex like I do, Mm. she's going to have some gripe here about uh, maybe Jeff McNeil?
0: Nope. My shock in this whole situation (laughs) here, just looking at the top four elite, almost elite, is how much more... Altuve and Simeon are making the Ozzy Albies uh, here because this is what's crazy to me. The fact that he is in the top four of his position in category. Ozzy Albi signed a crazy contract. Good for, good for the Braves, but seven years, $35 million, meaning he's making between like five and $7 million a year. Criminal. Uh, Altuve. Is making close to $26 million a year. And Marcus Simeon is making $26 million a year. And he is making five to seven million dollars. And he is like just there in their same. Their yearly salary is almost his entire like seven-year contract he did. It just,
1: it's that's
0: what's hard for me to wrap my head around this and why these Braves contracts are. Uh,
1: of all the Braves contracts uh, that we've talked about, the Aussie one is the shining example. It's the craziest one.
0: It's brutal. It's,
1: he, it's I mean, sad.
0: He's great. He's one of the top four best at his position in the league. He should be paid as such.
1: And that's coming off a year where he didn't play and then when he was pl- like, Aussie obviously has the potential to be an elite second baseman. It's just yeah. right now I can't put him in that category without Tuve and Simeon. But he, he could be one of the top he, he he could be elite, yeah. and Jeff McNeil is close as well. Yeah. Coming off a batting title, I love me some Jeff McNeil. So um, they're, to me, a pretty clear and obvious top four, yeah. and then second base starts to starts to struggle. I don't want to say struggle because there's some other good ones, and that's the category we'll go to next, which is really good. These are really good second basemen, but the top four to me is pretty clear. Of the really good second baseman, here's who I have in this tier. Mm-hmm. Tommy Edman, the Cardinals, mm-hmm. Jonathan India, Ketel Marte, Nico Horner, Andres Jimenez, Jorge Polanco, Glaber Torres, and Luis Arise, who was in my first base tier last week, but has since been <laughs> traded to Miami, where I believe uh. he is going to be playing second base so these are the really good guys my my really good category yeah. the names i want to mention here tommy edmund being one of them who mm-hmm. i i really like tommy Edman a gold lot of Um, gold glove winner yeah was the biggest all-star snub last year mm. can play all over the place but predominantly second base 265 13 homers 57 rbis Tommy Emin is a name that flies under the radar in the game of baseball and I believe can continue on an upward trajectory. I like him a lot. Ketel um, Marte is another name that I wanted to mention. Yeah. Ketel Marte. He's
0: been in MVP conversations.
1: Ketel Marte is, um, yeah, he's a 2019 All-Star. Yeah. And the reason that I believe he flies under the radar is because of the team he plays for, mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks. He's not in a big market and he's not on the East Coast. And which gets more eyes because they play a lot earlier. So, yep. not a lot of people who are watching could tell Marte. This guy has been a stud in his career. He is a really good second baseman. And I have what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ish names yeah. on the really good list. Okay. You like it? I'm
0: not mad. Yeah.
1: Okay. Alex, not mad. No. Anytime she's not mad, it's a good day. Let's move on <laughs> to pretty solid. There's a lot of names here in Whoa. this pretty solid list. I believe 12 if.
0: Yeah, yeah, just I just counted 12. That looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.
1: These Four names three. are, you know, just a, a step below that really good list, which is why they're in the tier below, which is
0: pretty, 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 pretty solid, pretty solid. Right.
1: Um, and, and deserve some recognition. Whit Merrifield, Adam Frazier, Chris Taylor, Brandon Drury, Bryson Stott, Colton Wong, Luis Urias, um, Brendan Donovan, Brendan Rogers, Lopez, Estrada, Lau, a lot of names in this list. A lot of Brandon Donovan. Sorry, a lot of names on this list. Um,
0: what is the defining piece for you from pretty solid to really good? Because obviously we got a we got a good chunk of guys in both of these categories. What was the difference between these two?
1: Well, the difference for me is if you ask me about Tommy Edmond, yeah, and say, hey Ben, how do you feel about Tommy Edmond? I would say, man. He's really good. Okay. And if you were to ask me about Whit Merrifield, I would say Alex. It's pretty solid. All right. And alas. Okay. <laughs> <I>
0: <laughs> it's, mean, a it's, mean, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's.
1: I mean. Again. <laughs> it's. It's. It's basically just who are the. I'm going to take the the second baseman in the game of baseball, yep. and I'm going to categorize them in better than just ranking them one through thirty. Got it. You know, it's because it's it's not that simple. The difference between four and you know, the difference between the top four and the rest is pretty steep. And yeah. I, I and and the difference between these really good second basemen and the pretty solid, I believe, is is fairly significant. So, you know, it's a little bit of everything, but it's just my feeling as a fan of the game of baseball that watches a lot of baseball yeah. is yeah, you know, I wouldn't put A lot of these guys in in the really good category, but they're they're pretty solid and they deserve a little bit of recognition. But, you you know, there are a couple of names on here. Uh, Whit Merrifield for me is one that jumps out of the last year plus has been a little down for him. Mm -hmm. Whit Merrifield's a great baseball player, but he hasn't been playing great lately. Can he get back to that really good almost elite category? I believe he can, but I mean, he's a two-time all-star. He's good. And when it came to second base, he was one of the better second basemen. But over the last little stretch, he hasn't been the Whit Merrifield that we've known. 250, 11 homers last year, 58 RBIs. Adam Frazier is another guy that when he was with the Pirates, and the Adam Frazier story is so weird for me. Because when he was with the Pirates, and I played against him in the minor leagues, the dude rakes. When he was with the Pirates, he was leading baseball in hits. Leading the league in hits. Gets traded to the Padres, and it's just like, boom. Yeah. Like flipping a switch. Gone. Not that guy anymore. Goes to the Padres. Goes from like, oh, my God. He's leading the league in hits. We're going to put him in the leadoff spot. Okay? That didn't work out great. We're going to put him in the nine hole. No. Nothing nothing worked. Went to Seattle. Same thing. Wasn't great. Now he's in Baltimore. What are we going to get? Maybe he just needs a team that is like, okay, he was on the Pirates where expectations weren't high. I don't want to say that about the Orioles. Expectations are getting higher for them, but like maybe he just needs to be like off the grid for a second and not like needed in a playoff run. I don't know.
0: Isn't it weird how different franchises or different ballparks can have that effect on players? Yeah. It's sometimes it's not a good fit. Yeah. And if you're not feeling that family-style confidence, with your organization with the fan base, baseball's mental. And oh, the moment the moment you're out of it, you're out of it.
1: Absolutely. So I hope he I hope he moves on up this list. But Merrifield Frazier, a couple names on this list that Brandon Drury, a name that could be really good. Mm-hmm. But these guys that deserve recognition. And I'm not saying them as in like they're in the very bottom tier. No, these guys are pretty solid. Yeah. And then there's the last tier, which is the rest. Okay. So if you didn't hear a name, doesn't mean they're bad. They're just yeah. they're in the rest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Every week, Alex, we have been doing a World Baseball Classic discussion. Yep. Last week, we talked about just how dominant Team USA's lineup is. And I, I, I went on record and said, this USA World Baseball Classic lineup could be the greatest lineup of all time. But it might not even be the best lineup in the WBC. Oh, yeah. And the reason... Is what we're going to talk about today.
0: I, it is ugh.
1: the Dominican Republic lineup.
0: Another all-star lineup, like crazy.
1: Oh, bad, even bad all-star lineup. I don't even think deserves to do a credit. You're absolutely right. But so last week I put together my optimal Team USA WBC lineup. Yeah. I am going to put together right now my optimal ideal world. Team Dominican Republic lineup based off of guys that have committed to the team. So, leading off, playing center field, Julio Rodriguez, stud. Batting second in the outfield, Juan Soto. (laughs) Batting third, playing third base, Manny Machado. Like, what? (laughs) Batting fourth, DHing. Rafael Devers, batting fifth, playing second base, Jose Ramirez, batting sixth, playing first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., batting seventh, playing in the outfield, Starling Marte, batting eighth, eighth, the World Series and ALCS MVP, Jeremy Pena. And batting ninth, rounding out catcher, Gary Sanchez.
0: It's like, what? It's laughable at this point. You're like, how do you not win every single game with this lineup? And they're all playing together. The craziest part is like, individually, obviously incredible players, but the chemistry and how much fun they're going to be having when they're all together, too. There's just a different energy with Dominican guys. They enjoy the game so much and have so much fun, especially all of these guys. I it's going to be tough. This is going to be a tough team to beat.
1: And not to mention their, their rotation is um, objectively the best, like way better than team USA's rotation. It's, it's insane. But this lineup, I went on last week and said team USA's lineup might be the greatest ever. I ask all of you what lineup is better this might also be yeah. the greatest lineup of all time it is insane team Dominican Republic is bringing the fire and this team of Rodriguez Soto Machado Devers Ramirez Guerrero Jr Marte Peña and Sanchez is on another level so what what we'll do we'll do every every week we do a WBC thing Next week we'll really break down both Team USA and Dominican. They're the two okay. favorites. Maybe we'll throw Team Japan in there because there's a there's a top three favorites. Okay. USA, Dominican, and Japan. But we'll we'll, Let's do it. we'll do we'll compare all the teams and see who we like the best and do all that stuff. Um, all right. Name that player.
0: Mixing it up a little okay. today. So you know how we normally start college they went to? Yeah. Well, we have a couple high schoolers.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So
0: college or high school. Which is fair
1: because half the league, half of the league, exactly. if not more, is yeah. went out of high drafted school.
0: out of high school. Yeah. So high school, college, okay. team they made their debut on, and their current team.
1: Current team. Okay. All right. Let's do this.
0: Are you ready? Woo. Player number one went to Hawaii, made his debut with the Cardinals, and is currently in Seattle. Name that player.
1: <sighs> okay. Yeah. Cardinals now with the Mariners. And I believe if I'm on the right track here, he hasn't yet played a game for the Mariners. I'm going to say this is Colton Wong.
0: Yes, it is. All
1: right. One for one. Let's go.
0: Okay. I'm liking it. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Okay, player number two went to South Carolina, made his debut with the Yankees, and is currently on the Cardinals. Name that player.
1: All right, so I'm not 100% sure here, but I'm fairly sure. Okay. South Carolina, I played with a lot of guys In the minor leagues that went to South Carolina. Like half of my team was South Carolina. Oh. We played against the Yankees. So then you should get this. We played against the Yankees a lot. You
0: got 10 seconds. They
1: all knew each other. I faced him a lot. I believe it's Jordan Montgomery.
0: Yes, it is. All
1: right. Two for two. Faced him a lot.
0: Cool. Awesome. I like your demeanor today. Yeah. In, out. Got it. Let's keep it rolling. Just
1: bring in, you know, you got to bring in the heat. Yeah.
0: Are you ready for player number three? What the heck? Yep. Yeah. Player number three went to high school in Dallas, Georgia, made his debut with the Mets, and is currently on the Phillies. So
1: the reason I say what the heck is Name
0: that player. If you're watching,
1: this guy's high school logo is literally yeah. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders slash Las Vegas Raiders logo. Okay. Okay. Um, so this is in Texas high school.
0: Uh, is that what you said? I have Dallas, Georgia here. Dallas,
1: Georgia. So yeah. Georgia. Okay, Georgia. Oh, this is tough. Five seconds. The timer's. Yeah. The timer started
0: too Go. early. Mm,
1: I'm gonna guess. Mm, Phillies from the Mets. I'm gonna give myself 15 extra seconds here. The timer's ended, but I'm gonna give myself 15 seconds. Phillies is what I need to think. Phillies um oh um Zach Wheeler
0: yeah Yeah. come on you went on a rant on the Raiders logo and that cut you about like 15 seconds I needed
1: a I needed a a play call push-up all right I'm giving myself that yep yeah that counts that was good yeah thank you you ready yep three for three
0: all right player number four went to Cal State Fullerton made his major league debut with the Orioles and is currently on the Red Sox. Oh. Name that player. State Fullerton. <laughs> oh, this is good.
1: Oh, no. I should know this one. Cal State Fullerton's a prominent college baseball program. Baltimore, Boston.
0: Currently on Boston.
1: Currently on Boston. Newbie to Boston. Newbie to Boston. You got three seconds. Mondesi.
0: One. I don't know. Justin Turner.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's why I was like, you don't have Dodgers in
0: there. It's tough.
1: Because he's been all over the place. I I don't think Justin Turner and think Orioles. I I think Mets and then Dodgers. And then Boston, he hasn't played a game there.
0: Yeah. I said I said new. I was trying to help you out a little. No, that was
1: good. All right. That's a, that was a tough one. Man. Okay. TikTok crew is going to struggle there.
0: Yep. You ready?
1: Is this five? This is five. So I, I've gotten three, right? Yep. All right. So Kay. already above. All right. We're good. Ready? Yep.
0: Player number five went to high school in Los Angeles, California. Major League debut at the Nationals and is currently on the White Sox. Name that player.
1: Lucas Giolito.
0: Yeah. What? What? <laughs>
1: Let's go! Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> I, Great job today.
1: Yeah, I felt I felt good about today. Justin Turner was tough. Yeah. Four for five. I got that one real quick. Um, so hopefully, you know, sometimes I like to wait okay. because people that are listening play along with me. I think. Uh-huh. And then TikTok. This is, you know, these are always, they these are always pretty popular there. Wow. My grade today. I'm going to give myself um, – I'm going to go A. Okay. A.
0: I'm going to give you an A- minus because you took a little longer to get one and then missed one. So that was a little extra mm, – you got it, but that was an extra like 30 seconds there.
1: You want to know a fun fact here is that okay. producer Taylor, who puts all these together yeah. and you know played baseball for a long time as yeah. well and in college, and he – so he knows the game. Yeah. He said today. Yeah. He's been putting these together for, since we've been doing it.
0: How many think you'd, you'd get? He
1: thought I'd get one no. today.
0: Curious which one. And The one you didn't get? <laughs> probably.
1: <laughs> and I got four. That was good. So I feel good about that. All right. You're good. Uh, another, another great episode, and it's not quite done yet, because one thing I needed to mention here yes. was one of my favorite parts of this week. And what quickly becoming one of my favorite pitchers in the game of baseball. Spencer Strider, who has emerged as an absolute stud already, has changed his number to number 99 after wild thing, Rick Vaughn from my favorite movie and his favorite, apparently major league. What a legend this guy is becoming. Uh huh. Last year, he already became the fastest pitcher in history to reach 200 strikeouts in a season, surpassing Randy Johnson. So he's a stud. He's just emerged in the game. I've become a huge fan. And now I'm just an even bigger fan because he, I believe he, he said something along the lines of like, I see rick vaughn and myself or something I relate like that to him. he relates he relates to he relates
0: him. and to the best thing too rick is he's vaughn. gonna have wild thing play before every home is start he? yes, yes. <laughs> I it's love a this. whole persona that he's adopting I it is beautiful love this it's and beautiful. it needed it's what game mention
1: needs. in a little extra innings so uh what a blast of an episode it w- we had a ton to talk about there has been a lot going on um, so thank you all for listening. Make sure you listen next week, next Tuesday. It is my birthday. It is my birthday episode. We will be doing giveaways. We will be doing some fun planned things that I don't know about. There will be a lot going on. Make sure you check it out. My golden birthday, 31 on the 31st. But for now, yeah, that's all we got. This one's been a blast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you guys for listening. This one has been a blast, and we will see you next time for my birthday episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.